and welcome to Downstream, a new spiritual podcast. My name is John Stinson. In our first series, I'm looking at shamanism. I'm interviewing Taz Thornton, a well-respected shamanic practitioner. In the first and second episodes, we discovered more about Taz's journey and how she defined shamanism. Also, taking a deeper look at how you work with spirit. In this episode, we'll be looking at elementals. So without further ado, let's get on with the interview. Hello Taz, thank you very much indeed for coming for this third session. And um, what I'd like to start with for this session is to talk about elementals. So another um, narrow uh, question, uh, what are elementals? Well, thanks, John. Thanks for inviting me back. And another huge question to start with. Always good fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elementals. Well, I can talk to you about my idea of elementals, but of course there'll be lots of people out there who have different ideas. Um, Elementals, for me, are firstly those spirits that are connected with the elements, but I also keep them in the same uh, under the same umbrella as a lot of the nature spirits who live out in in the elements and with nature. So for me, when I'm talking about elementals, I could also be talking not only about fire, air, earth, water spirits, but also talking about some of the fae as well. Okay, can you elaborate on what some of the what 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 you mean by some of the fae? The fae. Um, nature spirits, um, if you remember in one of our last interviews we were talking about what the word spirits meant for me mm-hmm. and again it's it's not always dear departed auntie Ethel but also can bring in um, lots of those energetic beings who are naturally linked to parts of the natural world um, so spirits connected with, with trees, with plants, with the water Okay, and, and so they, they but are they also part of the of, an, of a branch of elementals. Well, they're what, I, they're what I would refer to as being part of elementals, but other listeners might already have their own kind of boxes that they put things in. We could get into semantics if, if we're not a little bit careful. But, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, elementals are spirits of things frequently out in nature that don't necessarily ever have to have had um, corporeal form in the way that us humans view it from our very narrow viewpoints. OK. And you, you also mentioned around earth, wind, fire water so that's another branch of elementals well that's huge it's almost um it's almost chunking up and and chunking down in nlp terms um so when i'm working with students on something like my one year circle for instance with each of those weekends we work with with a different a different element okay um so some the the cardinal elementals if you like could be the 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 spirit of fire um but then you will get um Lesser isn't the right word, it makes them sound uh, as though there's a, there's a hierarchy and I don't see it in that way as such. But you'll get spirits of smaller fires as well, different types of fire spirits. But there's also the overarching spirit of fire, for instance. Okay, so you've you mentioned cardinal, so each element would have a, a cardinal point of the compass. Yes. Um, and what are those? Um, well, there are lots of different teachings, and this is where we start to, to delve into medicine wheel teachings. Um, and there are lots of different cultures that work with the wet medicine wheel and they'll all have different meanings for, for different directions. Um, with the wheel that I use, mainly because it's the wheel I was taught when I was, I was working with various shamanic teachers, 
Um, I believe that's based on a North American wheel. So for me, the east represents fire. We always begin there because everything begins with fire, that spark of life. Right, and is that something to do with the sun rising up or something like it that? It will connect to all of those. Anything to do with fire be could be connected to that, yes. Um, and then we move around to, to south is water. Mm -hmm. um, and then the west for me is earth and north is air. Right, okay. And, and you mentioned the medicine wheel. Could you elaborate mm. more on on what that is and where that came from? Yes. <laughs> Just taking a deep breath. We only have an hour for these podcasts, John. <laughs> Um, in very, very nutshell terms, yeah. um, a medicine wheel is one of the tools that some of our indigenous cultures used, and the easiest way to describe it to so anyone who hasn't touched shamanism is, is that it, it's just like looking at the, the face of a compass. Mm -hmm. um, it's a way of dividing up teachings into workable chunks. Um, there's a lot more to it, but that's the easiest way to describe it. It's a way of, of holding different teachings. And because different teachings apply to different elements of, of, of the wheel, because not only does each element, each uh, section have an element, but it also carries teachings that connect to that elephant. Elephant? There are no <laughs> elephants. We're not on that one. Element. Um, <laughs> that's an it's it, my power animal coming It must obviously. be. Yes, it must be. Um, there's a funny story about me working with, with ele elephants that I'll tell at some point if you remind me. So... Um, each yeah. chunk of the of the wheel will carry different teachings. So so whereas um, fire might be new beginnings, might be passion, might be drive, but could also tip over into some of the fiery and not so positive aspects of a personality. So you might when when someone's being angry, you, fr you frequently would talk about them. People we hear people saying they're flared up, for instance. So that could come into there. Okay. Water is to do with uh, emotions. So. Um, the medicine wheel helps us to, to section those teachings off and to work with different ele elements in a more uniform way. But there are so many teachings that can be based there. There's layer right. upon layer upon layer. So it sounds as if it's more hypothetical than, uh, um, than actually uh, uh, um, you know, working with fire spirits, for example. Um, I do work with fire spirits, but in terms of a medicine wheel and what sits where, then my belief is that it is largely hypothetical, yeah. um, because they're all different, and different cultures have different ones. Different cultures have different colours attached to the different sections too. So, yeah, I think we can go into semantics um, and hypotheses quite a lot. Um, but for me, if I'm working with, with an element of fire, for instance, it's, it's, it, for me, it feels very, very real. Um, it can sometimes feel almost visceral. So if I'm teaching people and we're working with fire, we will have a physical fire that we'll work with as well. Mm -hmm. um, the teachings I, I deliver on of fire frequently include fire walking. Yeah. So we will we'll work with the spirit to be able to safely cross across that fire with, without burning our feet. And the way I teach it is, is very different to um, some of the more uh, corporate NLP-based fire walks which are, you know, the, the reaching the, tevel, the the level 10 state and making sure that you just know you can do it. When I'm working with a spiritual firewalk, it's about connecting with spirit and walking across the fire with spirit. So it's almost like a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. And it's a very different, um, quieter, um, more meditative experience. Okay, than a rah-rah-rah experience yeah. then. Okay, so the, can, are you able to go into more detail about what, how you... In, well, in, invite spirits to help you to to to, to walk over fire. What what is it that, what is it that you'll, 
looking to get to get help with in order to get yourself to a state to be able to walk over um, embers of that, I guess. Um, I can try. There's there's lots of different reasons that that people might do so and if if you look through the, there there are lots of in indigenous peoples who have used fire walking for various methods either to get teachings or again as that rite of passage in celebration sometimes there are different ways of looking at it um certainly the 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 nlp ra 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 can work very well that's the way i was trained i was trained with with the same school that tony robbins trained with so that's mm-hmm. kind of second nature to me as well and they do touch on spiritual firewalks, but the way I run them now is is I've kind of de- developed my own way of doing that. Um, the firewalk I, I run most commonly is an ancestral firewalk, and it's connected very deeply to the spirits of, of the land we happen to be working on. Now, that could be taking into account um, ancestor teachers, yeah. but of course it could be the spirits of the land. So so the fae, the spirit of, the, of earth, the spirit of fire, the spirit of the air that 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 um, that helps that fire to to breathe and of course water when we when we come to to douse that fire if we take that route um with the ancestral firewalks that i run i get people to go into a very deep almost a shamanic trance state we may have drumming we may use different songs to to help get into that state as well and we will drop our hands and literally wait until we can feel the spirits we're working with step forward and take um, take a hand each and then we walk across with the spirits um, it's one of those that I think you have to experience to, to really understand it but it's very much connected it's, it's connected very deeply with spirit it's not us it's not just about us proving we can do something although you've just walked over 1200 degrees without a scratch of course it proves that you can do something um, but it's I guess from an energetic level, one of the things is about bringing our own energy up to the same level as as the fire. So so we're one and the same. And with with the, the spirit and the ancestral walks, it's about having absolute trust and just knowing that, that the, you're not going you're not going to burn and you'll be protected. Okay, and the ancestors are there to help you. Yes, so or the elementals. The elementals with the, they're not so that you don't get. Um, uh, and uh, quite interested that it's. Um, you get into a meditative um, state. Yes. And again, it's us- using the drumming. Sometimes it can be using drumming. Sometimes it can be using song. Sometimes it c- it can okay. be using dance. There are lots of different um, ceremonies. I was going to say rituals, but rituals feels a little bit too too structured for the way I work. There are lots of ceremonies we do with with fire, and during that fire weekend, as well as the fire walk, we will be working with things that we want to transmute. And sometimes we'll be writing them down, or we'll be doing exercises with 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 wood, or breakthrough exercises with with arrows, for instance. And we'll yeah. th- we'll then be so burning building, things, building it, that up. Yes, and then we'll burn them. We we'll we we'll use the fire to, to burn away the things the things we don't want anymore in a ritualistic fashion, usually by by having written them down. Or we'll make um, prayer bundles, and we'll sit in meditation, or we'll uh, we'll, we'll sit in. Um, in, in solitude and and then we'll burn the prayer bundles right. at the end okay so so it's not a case of um bit of drumming off you go uh, fill the ancestors off you go there there is actually quite a build-up to, to get to that state yes absolutely and, and it sounds as if the the, the journey for each individual is, is quite different it will be um i guess on, on the, the learnings as well as um the teachings will be actually how you know you can you're ready to walk yes. across 
Absolutely. You know, if I, if I think I've I've walked over fire literally hundreds of, of times now, and each time the teachings are different. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things I've found as well is that um, it hasn't happened to me since I've been running running my own. In, interestingly, whether it's because I have more belief in them because because it's my baby, I don't know. But certainly when I was in training and when I was firewalking before training as a as a firewalk instructor, I did occasionally get. A tiny little, what in the trade they'd call a fire kiss, which essentially means a tiny little blister burn. And it's never anything more than the kind of blister you might get after a day's gardening or wearing Mm -hmm. a new pair of shoes. But I always used to find it quite interesting to look at something like a reflexology chart and look at where that was. So there was one incident when when I was training as an instructor and for about the first three days I kept getting a little fire kiss in the same spot on the same foot. And it's not like I have a strange shaped foot that protrudes more <laughs> at one place or anything. Um, but it kept being in the same place. So then when I went, in, went away and did some work and looked at where that was and what that might um, uh, what that might be attributed to in terms of teachings I needed to learn or energies I needed to shift and did some work, it, it went. Okay, so, and, and you looked at a reflexology. I did. So is, is that, so, because um, I remember from, from our uh, previous conversations, um, the, the, you know, shamanism, uh, shamanism isn't the be-all and end-all in terms of y- your practices. No. And so um, and it's interesting, I found it interesting that you, you look at reflexology to help with your teaching there. Yeah. Uh, with, from a shamanic yes. experience. And I know nothing about reflexology. I'm complete, it's, it's never called to me. I know it exists. Um, you know, I've had things like acupuncture in the past to help me, but... Um, I guess to just just try and give me a prod to give me a framework to look at. Um, it did it did all tie in the the exact spot that that I kept getting that little fire kiss tied in with something that I did need to shift. So, yeah. I think with all these different energy medicines, the, there's there's a stream running throughout them all. And again, I think we create far more division. And this is exactly what we were saying about shamanism. Shamanism, for me, provides a framework and for me feels like home. But it's not everything it's and i think that's that's where again for me it's it's a life path um that i live within rather than um i don't quite know how to explain it but it 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 informs it informs the way i live and it gives me a a set of not rules but standards to live by yeah um well, but, but lots of other things can come into that. Well, but, well, building what you're just saying, one of the things, one of the themes that I notice is, is those around teachings. Yes. And that you're you always you're in that particular example, and, and it sounds from what you're saying, um, you you are aware that there is a teaching there. Yes. Now, for for a lot of people, it might be that, uh, oh God, I've got this so and so blister keeps popping up on. Uh, oh. Yeah. You, but but you took that as a hang on a sec. There's something here that's and that yes. there's a teaching, and that's something that. Um, is almost throughout again from what from our previous discussions mm. is something that's daily um minute hourly you yes. you're aware that there are teachings always coming to yes you. yes and again i think it's it's finding that balance between trying to find a sign in everything mm-hmm. and then getting to the point where well i think all of us at some point have to realize that sometimes uh, there are too many coincidences going on for them to be coincidences. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you might... OK, what am I missing here? What's right. this pattern that's forming? OK. And if there's a pattern and we can stop it, we can spot it, then we can usually do some work to be able to stop and break that pattern. Right, OK. And that can be as small as as, as 
training to be a firewalk instructor and having a couple of nights where you keep getting the same blister. Mm-hmm. Or it could be bigger stuff. It could be um, patterns in relationships, patterns in finances, patterns in work. There are, there are patterns everywhere if we're prepared to look at them. And then again, it's up to us as individuals to choose how to deal with them. So you could do the more, NL, the more left brain NLP routes. You could be completely open and look at the spirituality and the energy of it. Or you could use a mix. Yeah. And I guess... For me, if, if you looked at lots of different techniques that, that help us with life, life-enhancing, um, coaching, learning techniques, I'd probably be a bit of a hub and sitting in the middle of a lot of them mm-hmm. because I do think they all feed in and, and there, there are always teachings to be had. Yeah, and I, I, that was something you just uh, said around um, patterns mm-hmm. so that... Um, you, you look for those patterns rather than for everything that's happening because it could just be um, if something blows off um, the uh, you know on the desk or something like that it could be just because there's a window open could well be and the, and, the, and some wind came through yes but if it, if you if you've got a pattern of things like that happening that's a terrible example but but um, <laughs> if the window's closed and yeah. there's no draft and it keeps blowing off the desk yeah. you might want to look might, away. Might, there might be a bit yeah. of a pattern there okay yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of Walking across fire, yeah, uh, um, or em- embers, or what have you, um, that uh, that comes. There, there's um, there's a lot of empowerment in that for the massive. individual. Massive. And and where, so where does why why teach empowerment as part of, um, the, you know, the, the fire part of the uh, well, I guess it's not just the fire, but that just happens to be, uh, um, the, you know, that part of the the medicine wheel. But um, but why teach empowerment? What, what, how does that relate to to shamanism? It relates to everything I'm here to do this time around, um, which, from working with my spirits for long enough, I, I feel that a big part of my, my role, if you like, this time is to help people get back to authenticity, get back to who they're meant to be, get back to their soul's path. And in that is empowerment. Um, the the one year training I, I do has been described as, as as healing and transformational many times over. Um, when people are asking me to describe it, I'll sometimes talk about it being a, a path of self healing, and empowerment is part of healing. So many of us have lost our power. Um, empowerment, though, is is again one of those buzzwords that's thrown around in in corporate circles an awful lot. And on the one hand, hand, that's excellent because it shows that uh, people in the business world are starting to be more open-minded about the things that are important and the things that can help to grow. And of course, every business is an energetic form in its own right and connected to every other thing. Um, but I think also because empowerment is so linked to rah, 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 yeah. um, it's, people sometimes forget that it's part of our spiritual development. Um, I guess it's that 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 difference, isn't there? If you if you ever speak to a, there's a wonderful teacher called uh, Jonathan Horvitz, um, who um, talks about. Um, forgive me, Jonathan, if you're listening to this and I pronounce it incorrectly, but Macht and Kraft. Um, and the way I understand that is, it's the difference between being powerful mm-hmm. and powerful. Um, so strength over as opposed to strength within so when I talk to people about empowerment and being powerful it's not about saying um, I am more powerful than you and I can can control and you will do as I say 
It's about being filled with spirit and with personal power. And that, for me, is is the basis of the empowerment I want to, t- want to be able to teach and help people get to. It's rediscovering that that personal truth and, as part of that, understanding that pretty much everything happening in our lives is of our own design and our own making, even if we don't want to admit that. But it's only when we take complete responsibility for our lives and find the empowerment in that that we're able to change things. Okay, so the empowerment is, if I've summed up, set this up correctly, is really about becoming aware of your own power um, of, w- within the world in which we, we the corporeal form that we are, mm. and how we are able to uh, to work with that, or to yes. um, uh, uh, you know, I know another phrase I guess that you use it, use quite a lot, sort of manifest. Yes. To manifest your uh, your desire, if you yes. like. Yes, but also um, the the purest sense of power. Um, power as an energy, power as a wholeness, um, power as a, a sense of the purest sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's not to be confused with 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 the, with that old branch of power where people talk about power power being able to corrupt. It's not that kind of power. It's it's a purity. It's it's a knowledge, and it's about having a complete balance, being in balance. Okay, so no maniacal laughter. It's very much more. Um, <laughs> uh, well, it sounds to me. It sounds from what you're describing, it's about being, as you say, balanced, totally centered, and another phrase of feeling at one. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And there's different ways of looking at that powerful, um, with the with the with the hyphen in the middle there. Um, so sometimes I might be feeling just full of personal power and knowing who I am, and being completely in tune with with my higher self. Uh, but there are other times where I also might feel power-filled, powerful, when I'm working with spirit. So, for instance, if I'm channeling and I feel my spirits come in, I will still, I will also feel powerful. But that's when I'll be working with my spirits and allowing them to fill me. Okay. Um, but again, there's there's that purity and very, very much to do with intention. Why do you want to get to this feeling of powerful? What what's it for? What do you want to do with that? And if your intention is pure, that, that that's really all, all that matters. So how do you get to a pure intention then? And, and does does the uh, working with the elements, um, fire, earth, earth, wind, and whatnot, does that does that help with that? Yeah, for me it does certainly. Particularly if you're looking at some of the teachings of the wheel. Um, I t- I talk to to my, to my uh, to, to people on my on my courses a lot about. Um, the balance and if you look at the elements that face each other a lot of time though there will need to be a balance between the two um, so what, air and water for example yeah right. so if you on the the wheel yes air faces water earth faces fire and if we step too much into each one of those elements then 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 we can tip so if we're if we're just standing in in water there's a very real chance we could just drown in it whereas if we balance that with with some air to allow us to fill our lungs and be able to float in that water and of course to be able to breathe then you have balance a lot of the teachings work in opposites so we need to get to the point where we're able to stand in perfect harmony at the centre of the wheel 
and have an understanding of, of the elements all around us. Okay, so that's almost the point. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not almost, but it is the point. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there are deeper teachings about the centre of the wheel and what that represents, and that's a different body of teachings than just being able to stand in balance, to stand in the centre of, of your wheel. And all elements can help with that in, in lots of ways. So there's the elements of, of the wheel, but there are also the elementals, the, the nature spirits, for instance, that we could go and do work with and, and get teachings from. So one of, one of my main teaching... Um, spirits guides that i know of um the the human description of, of her because she feels like a her today would be a dryad she's a tree spirit mm-hmm. um and i never set out to meet a tree spirit i i was in woodlands one day where i'd been i'd, I'd signed up for a, for a for a course where we're going to do some work with with ed courtney who was running a, a course about working with tree spirits and we were all due to meet in in these woodland this woodland car park and uh, my wife and I, Ash and I, stood there waiting and nobody turned up. And then one of the organisers came running towards us and said that Ed had had a message from Spirit that day that it was the wrong day <laughs> and that the course had to be called off and they'd had phone numbers for everybody other than us. So they'd had to drive out and tell us the course was off. So, of course, we could have just said, oh, well, there's, there's a coincidence, we've wasted the day. Or we could think, well, we've been brought to this woodland area for a reason, so let's go and explore a little bit. And that, that's, that's what we did. Um, and I started to walk down this path, and this spirit, this uh, elemental being, just appeared, very, for me, very solidly in front of me. Mm-hmm. And guided me through different pathways in, in those woodlands, and told me about some of the activities that were going on that day, which would seem to make sense in terms of why it wasn't appropriate for a okay, workshop that right. day. And she, she says, making quite marks in the air, has been working with me ever since. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't look at that spirit and and then go and look up in a book and see what it might be. It was just, it appeared and dropped into my head was dryad. Okay. And that frequently happens. You know, I've, I've read fairy, had fairy stories read to me as a child as much as, as anyone else. But um, I remember when I was first starting to get into this work, making a real effort to try and dispel any ideas I had about what a, an imp or a fairy or a pixie or a gnome might be. But every now and then an elemental will appear and I will be told, well, that's one of those. Right. So, who knows? We all might be being given different names for them, I don't know. But for me, they're, they're, they're nature beings and they are there. They're not there just to teach us. They're absolutely not. They are living out their lives, their, their spirit lives, going about their own business. Sometimes we tread on their toes and sometimes they will need to do something to, to shoo us away. Yeah. Um, and I guess this forms part of that middle world work we were talking about last time, where for me it's better to have an awareness. Yeah, so you, you know if you're annoying them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, just to bring it back to how um, intentions... And mm. how the wheel sort of helps with intentions. From what I understand, then it sounds if you're in, if you have that balance and you're in the middle of the wheel, I guess you're going to have a lot of clarity in there. But I mm. guess, but also, for example, if you're more to the north uh, to the air side, mm. is that right? As, yeah. yeah, as yeah. North, uh, then if you have an awareness, you'll think, okay, well, I'm starting to, uh, uh, you know, I've got uh, too much air here. I'm too floaty. <laughs> too much than having too much air is uh, so, so you have an awareness of that, so you have an intention to draw yourself back by using... So is that how it works, or is that a way of working? Uh, it's, it is a way of working. The The trick there is is knowing when you've got to, too much. Um, 
it's it's like all teachings we go through that that period of having um unconscious incompetence yeah so um one of the flip sides of the teachings of air air is all about clarity um that's why so why the eagle is um revered so much in 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 many cultures as being so close to great spirit because it flies highest and can look at the entire pitch from above and see what's really happening so Mm -hmm. have a bird's eye view of what's being what what's going on and from there be able to develop clarity whereas being down on the floor we often get drawn into gossip and drama and we can only see what's going on right in front of us um so of course the flip side of that with air could could be could be arrogance Okay. Uh, when we think we know it all and we don't need to learn anymore and we are an expert. Right, okay. And that, that could be the, um, the the shadow side of the air teachings, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so let's, I'm just trying to sort of think that how would you, um, let's say I had that, let's say I was um, way up um, in the clouds as it were, and Which, of course, is another thing, being completely ungrounded and floating around all over the place. Yeah, yeah. completely, um, quite arrogant. So my teaching may come in the form of, of a smack in the face, to, you know, someone literally saying, you arrogant so-and-so. Could do. Uh, or or there, there may be something of an awareness that I have that goes, ah, how, how, you know, how arrogant of me, I need to, uh, I need to look at that. Yeah, and of course, you're, you're, you're less arrogant than you perhaps feared if you were able to at least see that there's a teaching. Yeah. Okay, so then, <laughs> then yes, I can see that because uh, if you go so far, you'll never, you'll never think you need a teaching. No. Oh God, what's what happens then? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right. you get very rich and become Bill Gates. <laughs> I don't know Bill Gates. That's no, not to not Bill not Gates. So he, no. he? Okay. Um, right, so so we've had a yeah. So there's a we've had a good chat about fire and some about water, uh, some about air. Tell us more about water. Um, well, water for me represents emotions. Um, other elements of the south of the wheel that, that I teach is also also connected to the the plant world and to and to animals. Um, I think the the thing about each one of these, let's say, use cardinal elements to to distinguish them, is that they can both sustain us or essentially crush us. And there's a real knife edge where you need to have that balance. So with water, you know, with a big, huge percentage of us, of every one of us, is made of water, yeah. um, and we can we can swim in water and bathe in water, and water's beautiful, but we can always also drown in it. Um, so if you look at that in terms of of emotions, um, we could be drowning in drama, we could be in uh, okay. in a victim state, we could be drowning in our woes. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas we again, if we if we have more balance, if you mix the balance of the air with the emotions of water, then we should be able to absorb or, or observe what's going on around us, and understand what's happening and where those emotions are coming from, and perhaps use some of the clarity of air to find a balance with that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It it does. I, I guess one I left wondering on on how you would approach to to do that to get that bring that balance in. Well the first the the, the most important step is somebody actually wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with with every one of of those elements. If we've if we've tipped over too far into that, we might not want to to come and learn because that's where you're sitting in a comfort zone. So um if you look at some of the 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 core teachings, a, a lot of people might might refer to something as depression as being a a victim state in term in terms of shamanic work. Um, 
And it can be, but only if we get to the point where we don't want to pull out of that. Sometimes it can be very difficult to cl to, to claw up as, as someone who was who spent years in and out of, of depression, depressive states. Um, the key is wanting to, but if you've got to the point where you're actually quite happy in that woeful victim state, yeah. maybe you've learned there's lots of secondary gain to be had, for instance. Maybe if you stay where you are, um, you'll have lots of people supporting you and looking after you and giving you all the sympathy you need, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got, you've got to want to find more balance. Um, I remember when, um, about the time of, of my breakdown, I was talking about in one of those other podcasts, and I, it was when I was working with Chris Lutterchow, and I absolutely crashed. You know, I was, I, I was, I was um, on antidepressants, I, I didn't want to move... I was I was really sinking, and I remember to this day one of the things Chris said to me after we'd been doing some quite deep healing, and he'd been looking into what was going on with me energetically and how I needed to push pull that back. And of course, the key there is that I recognised there was something wrong, and I didn't want to stay in that space. And he said, "You you've got to say you've got to say yes to life." Yeah. And a lot of us don't um, it's very easy when we're in any one of our comfort bubbles to want to stay there because it's it's what we know it, it's comfortable we, we feel safe there even mm -hmm. if that means that we're stuck in arrogance or, or depression or drama or um, yeah. any other of those states so there's a, first of all the awareness that you want to change yes and then, then are there any sort of particular particular shamanic practices that can help you go once you've had that awareness to take a next the next step towards let's say from water to to balance towards air? Yeah, there are, there are lots and lots of different practices, um, and again, it doesn't have to be shamanic. There are a gazillion and one excellent energy and spiritual teachers out there, or uh, NLP coaching hypnosis, depending on what floats your individual boat. Um, Again, that first step is recognising that you want to move and then it's actively doing something. One of the easiest things you can do is, is physically move, change body, change state. If you're finding that you're sitting in anger or frustration or despair, just get up and move. You know, there, There's a reason why so many indigenous cultures use, use, use dance and movement as a way to, to get into that trance, trance state or to just, trans, just transmute where they were and to work with spirit. Move! find things to be grateful for you know there's I, I sometimes find it fascinating to look at the the core beliefs i have and look at indigenous beliefs and then look at some of the other practices out there um and they all follow the same yeah. kind of path yeah no i can i can relate to that you, you said indigenous beliefs do, mm. do you mean as in what for this i believe what would have been tribal cultures across, right. across the world okay. so many if you look at them used used movement used song yeah use a way to yeah find that that happiness so um one of the one of the things that that flows throughout i think is is i remember when i was first tra training in nlp that's, that's coming in quite a lot with this conversation isn't it um the the concept of bursting somebody's bubble bursting a belief bubble so someone saying everybody hates me everybody there's no point in me ever moving out of here because everybody hates me Everybody hates you? What about that lady in accounts? Does she hate you? No, she's alright. And the, 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 the guy down in the supermarket that sometimes smiles at you? No. And eventually you start to just burst this belief bubble and we form that. That forms part of our comfort zone. Yeah. 
because yeah. you focus on on the, you, the, the negative yes side. and then you start to blow that up into this massive bubble that that just has no basis in reality and another quick check-in when we're telling ourselves things is well where's your evidence what's the evidence for that and a lot of the time we can't find it and if we can't find the evidence for our belief maybe it's time to start looking at why we've held on for that onto that for so long and that can be the same whether you're working with nlp with coaching with shamanism with with other energy healing with acupuncture these yes. threads it, throughout it's, it's it's um well i've noticed that there are a lot of things like that working with belief for example that there seem to be these sort of um fundamental truths if you like that mm. it doesn't matter what religion what uh, spiritual practice they all have these central core yeah. areas that's and beliefs one of them yes but um uh, um, the Seth, Seth, the Seth material, which I've looked at yes. before, has a very similar um, take on that. Yeah. that you need to uh, watch your beliefs and um, inspect them quite. Oh, absolutely! Uh, and, if, and if it's not working for you, change it. Yes, and, and, looking and at that the, will change your reality. Precisely, and looking at that shamanically, of course, if if you start looking at things like ego states, then then I would see the ego as being almost a separate being, mm-hmm. and that ego is going to do everything it can. To, to, to keep itself an integral part of your life because from the ego's perspective, perspective it's kill or be killed yes. so there can be quite a battle going on there to try and hold you into in these these victim states yeah okay so so that's something about water quite well I suppose we focus quite a lot on the negative about water what, what's, what were some of the some of the more po- uh, positive aspects of water well flow is the obvious one of course yes flow is a really obvious one with with just allowing energies to flow um so tears how many people out there feel ashamed of crying in public mm-hmm. and you know tears don't always have to be full of sorrow we, we cry tears of joy we have i'm one of those people who has giggling fits occasionally and can't stop <laughs> you know tears stream then too um and i think it was chris Lutterchow again who, who said to me that one of his teachers had said too many figure I'm, i may be paraphrasing but it's too many unshed tears drown the heart right. and we are okay. afraid of allowing our, our emotions so that's see, it's a, that's a very positive thing to allow yeah. that emotion to come out. Yes, right, absolutely. Okay. But there's that balance again. Allow that emotion to come out, find the teaching in it, move on. Don't allow that emotion to come out yeah. and then see and then that you're getting some it. sympathy and attention from that and grab it and hold on to it. Yeah. Secondary gain. You fl- if you start to grab it and hold it, then you're coming out of flow and you're stagnating again. Okay. Yeah. Right, so... Um, Earth. We haven't spoken about Earth. So Earth in in the West. And you said when you were going through it that in my wheel, so mm. in the West, mm. which would suggest that um, in other people's wheels and, and cultures, it, that might be different. Absolutely. If if you just do a quick Google on medicine wheels, you'll get all kinds of things coming up. You'll get you'll get different um, different wheels and different attributes for the different directions in, from different cultures. You'll you'll find different element, different parts of the Americas have different wheels, different colours to the wheels different things in different quadrants you'll find there'll be celtic wheels and they'll be different again so i think i think for me even if you go off and find a way to journey and create your own medicine wheel and your own um elements in in the different quadrants so long as you're sticking to that and it works for you we can get the head involved far too much mm-hmm. we really can um so for instance um when i'm working with with the west and with earth i also work a lot with the ancestors in the west now the ancestors don't sit in the west in a lot of traditional medicine wheels but they've become part of my west because the spirits i've been working with said well this can sit in the west 
well, why does that sit in the West? Well, because the West is the Earth, and the Earth holds the bones and the teeth of the ancestors. Right. So okay. ancestor work sits in the West in my wheel, but that wouldn't necessarily sit in the West in, in a traditional wheel. It wasn't in the West in the wheel I was taught, but mm-hmm. my spirits have said work with that there, and I trust them above any human teacher. Yeah, and I, um, again, you've mentioned that in previous, that um, what, once you learn to trust uh, your spirit guides you you you, um, you go with that well I do yeah. yes there's a there's a lot of discussion out there about negotiating with them and about you know just because somebody's died it doesn't necessarily make them make them wise suddenly yeah. and of course it doesn't but then there's that division again between between ghosts of dead people and and spirit guides who've been guide out there guiding for years and elementals and spirits that have never had human form and then you could start look, talking about angelic beings and and then go up to star people and the list is endless and it's how far you want to take the word spirit and energy being and for my my um my umbrella is quite large when I speak about spirit yeah um do you find that confusing at all um not for me because I know what I'm talking about but other right. people listening might sorry <laughs> <laughs> um no if if again it's not confusing for me sometimes if I'm trying to explain my my map, map of the world in terms of spirit, it, it, people can scratch their heads a little bit. Again, yeah. particularly if they've learned about spirit in very much a, a spiritualism or mediumistic route. Um, and it's just it's just semantics, but yeah. I'm an open book. I'm, I'm always happy for people to ask me if I say something that leaves them scratching their head a little bit. Yeah, because with my place at the moment, I'm uh, there are, as you say, all these different... Um, and you could say labels, or it could be actually it's all very different, and then mm. it all exists. Yeah. And um, as you say, star people, angels, uh, um, ancestors, tree spirits, etc. Mm. And I think at the moment I'm just happy for it all to exist. Yeah. And, and and I'll take it from there rather than go. No, I must fit you into this box here, and you into that box there, and you do those types of things, and you do those types of things. That's exactly. And it. if I need this help, I'll ask you. And I, I, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah um, but I guess it can become like that. Yeah. It, well, there, there are certainly some spirits that I will work with who fulfil particular roles when I'm working with them. So there are a couple of spirits that work work with me in very specific areas of healing. Oh, for well, instance... Oh, yeah, well, I guess that makes sense because... Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm being a bit uh, left brain here. Is that that's their speciality? Well, that's what they've come forward to me with that right. as their speciality. Okay. I have no idea if they're working with somebody else and... Teach them to darn socks, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. to be flippant. Um, yeah, um, so that to to bring that back to to elementals and to 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 nature elementals, um, the the dryad spirit I spoke about earlier fills quite a specific role mm-hmm. with with me. She steps forward for some of the healing teachings, and she steps forward an awful lot in nature to to teach me about different ways of working outside and with with the plants and the spirits and the lands and the the natural elements there's that word again yeah um and, and that's uh, in terms of the medicine wheel that's a lot to do with the earth but um well, it can cross over the the south in the wheel i was taught is connected to to um to, to plants and you know flowers and for flora and fauna but then you could move some of that across to to and grow grow towards west because of course the roots are sitting in the earth mm-hmm. so is it like because if you move it across, is it like the points of the compass where you've got different splits on the compass? Like yeah, north, it's, north, it's, it's a medicine wheel. If you if you if you you look at a picture of a medicine wheel, it's exactly the face of a compass. 
Right. So exactly that. It's a circle with a cross in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what what other sort of teachings are there with Earth? I, I wasn't wasn't quite. Um, Earth. Yeah. yeah, we went off a bit, little bit there, didn't we? <laughs> we I think we, we're going to have lots of half finished conversations floating around in the ether for years, John. Every now and then we'll grab one and continue it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the Earth for me is very much to do with 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 nurturing. The Earth holds us. The Earth is that mother energy. And if you think about the Earth in terms of Mother Earth. She's the only mother that all of us have that will always support us because she's she's beneath us every day, wherever we are in the world. Every time we, you know, step out of bed in the mornings, there's this, this mother that is supporting everything. And no matter how wonderful our own maternal mothers are, there can be no greater mother than the one that is there for and holding all of us. Yeah. So earth energy can be very nurturing, very holding, and connected to the bear, the bear cave or the womb. We can go there. For really deep, beautiful nurturing, but of course, of course, Earth with all things, the Earth holds us. The Earth supports us. We grow things. It it, it gives us fertile Earth to to grow things in. But of course, the Earth can also crush us. We have earthquakes. You know, we have um, we have craters. There's, and it's that line of respect again with all things. Okay, that um, I think that's been a very good sort of um, whiz around the wheel because I, I fully appreciate it's a big whiz yeah, yeah you, could, you could spend days on any one you could spend an entire lifetime just going around the cardinal points of the wheel without yeah. even looking at the, the minor directions between yeah and if that's all you ever did in your lifetime you could still come back in the next few and learn some more yeah thank you um, one question that, uh, to, to sort of finish with that uh, has always uh, um, intrigued me about sh- um, shamanism is, is this term medicine Mm. and medicine wheel and I've heard medicine tools and so on mm. and it's all good medicine yeah. um, What can you elaborate more on that and where, where that <laughs> and, uh, again it's a, the sort of top line layman's um, dis- of, of what, what, what that is is it just a term or is it a bit more than yes. that yes <laughs> you, you're brilliant at throwing these difficult questions at me John <laughs> um, yes medicine is for me, I would describe it as being something that is good for us, something that is full of good, pure energy and good teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm talking about medicine tools, they will be the tools that I use as part of my medicine work. Sometimes walking this path is described as a medicine path, walking the medicine path. What, um, your life, this life this being a medicine sh- path? Yeah, right. yeah shamanism okay. is frequently described as being a, um, a medicine path. Okay. Um, if I'm talking about when I create medicine jewellery for instance that will be something that I can wear all the time or that somebody else might wear and I'll go into a trance and chat channel spirit and ask what this person needs and then create something that comes which is like um, a bit like medicine bags that some people wear which is a simple bag frequently worn around around the neck sometimes sitting over the heart space that's filled with things that mean something to that person that have some healing or energetic value um, and that can be different for ev- for everyone who, who has a medicine bag so um, if I'm talking about my, my medicine drum, it's the drum that I, I use for, for my shamanic work that's connected to the medicine path that's used to call spirit and used to communicate and that for me is good medicine Right, and that sounds quite quite a personal thing is that right? Yeah, I think that it's one of those generic terms that's connected to to the shamanic path, but I also think it's one of those beautiful words that can mean many different things to many different people. Sorry, I, I'm, uh, well, I wasn't clear enough. I, I meant that, um, for example, if you 
have a medicine, create a medicine bag oh, yes. or a medicine, that's some, that becomes quite personal to you. It can be, yes. Um, so when we're working in circle and we, we will usually have a, an altar uh, at the middle of the room that will represent the medicine wheel and um, I will usually invite people who are there for the teachings to put something of their own onto the wheel. Uh, onto the altar, sorry. And one of the first things people learn is you never go and touch somebody else's medicine pieces right. without permission. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's being precious about something, but certainly I have some medicine tools that where their energy is, the, the energy or the spirit of that piece is happy to be handled by whoever. But there are some where I have a very different energy with it. Um, so with my drum, there are, there are very few people I will ever allow to handle my drum. Mm-hmm. Um, I could count on the, the fingers of one hand the amount of people I've ever, ever allowed to play it. Um, and that's not because I don't trust them, and it's not because that's mine, get off. It's because <laughs> the energy of that piece is so in tune with my own energy. Having someone else would disrupt that energy? Sometimes, yes. Okay, So and, and then you've got to try and get it back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. There, there have been some medicine pieces where someone's touched them and I've just given that piece away. Not because it's Yabu sucks, it's ruined now, but because something about that other person's energy transmutes onto that, and I'll get a clue that that person needs it more. And okay. that's another thing with medicine pieces, and this could be a completely different discussion in its own right. I don't believe anyone can ever actually own a medicine piece, or any other guardians. So okay. if I've created a drum or a staff or a piece of jewellery for someone, you, people looking at my page will sometimes ask why I des- describe them as having a new guardian. It's because yeah. I don't believe you can ever own a medicine piece and some of that is because they have such a strong life and energy of their own and some of it I'm sure is to deliver some excellent teachings on not forming attachments to material goods and and, and that's another good theme about attachment which we won't go into now um, but definitely I'd like to come back mm. to that because that's something another theme that I hear in lots of different spiritual mm. um, teachings mm. uh, around attachment mm. and one that obviously resonates with me so I think we'll leave it there, Taz. Thank, Thank you very you. much indeed. Thank you, John. And um, yeah, so if people need to find out more about Medicine Wheel, find out more about your work, yep. I understand you've got a, 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 a book coming uh, sometime in the future. I have, where, yeah. where do they find all this information out? Um, you can find me on most of the social media sites, on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, all of them. Um, you can also find more about my shamanic work at www.firechild-shamanism.co.uk and you can find out more about my empowerment work at tazthornton.com. Great, thank you very much. Thank you, John. That wraps up episode three on Elementals. Taz Thornton is a joy to interview. There are so many key learnings and truths that she brings, as well as her depth of knowledge on the subjects. Even so... In the time that we have and in terms of depth of content that we can cover, we're skimming across the pond like a stone. I hope this series inspires you to look into it more thoroughly. Our next episode will be on dreaming and how it is applied to shamanism. Until then, be well.